Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Don't put question marks where God puts periods. Believe Him. Trust Him. Don't worry. Trust His providence. Trust His care. Be confident that God still is moved with compassion as He sees His people. Listen, your opportunities will increase when your friend runs the universe. God commands every believer to have faith in Him when He says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's not something you'd think was a problem if you're actively going to church and are for the most part a good Christian. Well, today, Pastor Ed reminds us that as followers of Christ, our faith is expressed by the confidence we have in God. And as you consider this, who or what is your life saying you trust? When you truthfully answer that question, you'll find out who your God really is. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 3, with his continuing study entitled, The First Commandment. God's character is clearly revealed in Scripture. He is a God who is filled with goodness. In Psalm 68, 5, it says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. In Psalm 103, verse 13, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Isaiah 49, 15, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Oh, where engraved on the palms of his hands. I always like the way Tony Campolo says it. God carries our picture in his wallet. I mean, God loves us with an incredible love. Someone sent me a beautiful email. And let me read to you this email. When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives. When I am weak, he is strong. When I am lost, he is the way. When I am afraid, he is my courage. When I stumble, He steadies me. When I am hurt, He heals me. When I am broken, He mends me. When I am blind, He leads me. When I am hungry, He feeds me. When I face trials, He is with me. When I face persecution, He shields me. When I face problems, He comforts me. When I face loss, He provides for me. When I face death, He carries me home. Hallelujah. God is a good God. He is great and He is good. He is loving and He is all-powerful. Richard Baxter said, God's goodness is equal to His greatness. God is as good as He is great. With all of that mighty power, God is so gentle with His people. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 39 reads, Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other God. God is God all by himself. There's no one running a close second. He's way out ahead. There, Thomas Wilson said, Our love of God will always be according to our knowledge of him and his perfections. 
When the Bible talks about knowledge of God in the New Testament, it uses a Greek word, gnosko, which means to know by experience. It's not merely head knowledge about God. Well, I know He's omnipresent. I know He's omnipowerful. I know He's everywhere. No, it's more than that. It's a knowledge about God that He walks with me through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a knowledge of God that He carries me through those difficult times. It's a knowledge of God that He restores my soul in the valley of the shadow. It's a knowledge that's personal and intimate. To know Him truly is to love Him. And I invite you this morning, if you don't know Him, come to know Him. For to know Him is to love Him. God is God all by Himself. That's what that first commandment is saying. No other gods before me. He is the great God and the good God. He is the only God, the true God. What He's saying in this first commandment is that He and He alone is to be worshipped. God alone is to be worshipped. Jesus answered, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. We were created to worship God. We were created to worship the Lord. Go to the remotest place on earth. Find a tribe that hasn't been touched by civilization. And you will see people worshiping God. You will see people desiring to worship some God. We were all made with an intuitive knowledge of God. God has put his imprint upon our soul, his imprint upon our lives. Just as you hunger and you need to eat and you need to drink, you need to worship. You were made to worship the Lord. The question is, who will we worship? Will we worship the one and true living God? Or will we worship something or someone? In Acts 17, 16, it says, While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, this brilliant city with the great philosophies of ancient history and philosophy that's touched us in our times. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see the city full of idols. What a tragedy! that we are so foolish that we don't recognize that we have our idols. Now, we could go back in time to the time of Athens and we would see these statues made of wood, made of stone, made of precious metals, and people worshiping those statues. And some of those statues represented gods and the spirits behind them. Maybe we don't see people doing that today, but they still have idols. We have idols in our nation. I think about how we worship our own strength. In Habakkuk chapter 111 it says, They sweep past like the wind and are gone, but they are deeply guilty, for their own strength is their God. There are those that worship intellectualism. They bow down at the halls of learning. They consider that an end all in itself. In Germany before the Second World War, they had more PhDs and master's degree per capita than any other nation. In Germany, in Berlin, they have more registered witches than they do ministers. 
the very home of the Reformation that transformed Christianity. When you think about how men worship their own strength, maybe their physical power, maybe their abilities, maybe their beauties, we as a nation have talked about our strength, we've talked about all of our our independence, we've, we've looked at our Constitution, and I appreciate our Constitution, we looked at all of our documents and said, you know, capitalism is the way. Without God, it does not work. Without His moral laws guiding us, directing us, being boundaries for us, it does not work. Greed will be rampant. Dishonesty will be rampant. It's the Ten Commandments. It's God's moral law that keeps the thing working. And once you take it out, like our founders understood, you're headed for disaster. But don't be troubled. You know why? Because God's in control of history. Don't worry. He is God all by himself. He is the sovereign God. We get caught up in just this moment in history and forget that God is over everything. Now think about how people worship money and wealth. In Job it says, if I have put my trust in gold. You've heard the commercial. Buy Rosalind gold. Here's your security. Well, this is what the scripture says. If I put my trust in gold or said to pure gold, you are my security. If I have rejoiced over my great wealth, the fortune of my hands have gained, so that my heart was secretly enticed and my hand offered them a kiss of homage, then these also would be sins to be judged, for I would have been unfaithful to God on high. There are people that worship at the shrine of money. What's important to them is their 401 or 403 or retirement or the money they have in the bank or the stocks. What's important to them is their house or their lands or their properties. But listen, you could save all, have all, and in a moment's time you could be in the hospital on your back, not even able to speak. And then what will it do you? At that moment, you'll be saying, God, help me. God, where are you? See, we ought to at the very beginning recognize what's important in life. And what's important in life is following Christ, knowing God, living for Him, spending our lives for that which will last. In a moment, it'll all be gone. And a puff of smoke. Suddenly, the things that men have trusted in, the things that men have put their reliance on, suddenly gone. See, we make our gods. We have to go counterculture to this world and not trust what they're trusting in, not put our confidence in what they're putting their confidence in. Our culture is so upside down and so messed up. I remember when Frank Sinatra died. He'd been married about four times, lived a very great singer, but lived a, not such a good life. But let's light up the Empire State Building for him. You know, you Elvis Presley fans, uh, I'd like to sing some too, but he died a drug addict. Let's have a shrine and go over there. There's something wrong with our culture. 
Now, I don't mean to be stepping on too many feet here, but there's something wrong with our culture. We're all mixed up. We honor what is wrong. We honor what the world honors. Listen, we need to honor what God honors. He honors character and not charisma. He honors trustworthiness and not superficiality. As followers of Jesus Christ, as followers of the Lord of glory, don't worship what the culture worships. I know we'll be out of step with the world. I know we'll be out of sync with the world. But we'll be in step with God. We'll be in sync with Him. We'll be in sync with that which counts for all eternity. Amen. We're told if we're to honor God, He is to be before us. We're not to worship any idol. John Calvin said, every one of us is from his mother's womb expert in inventing idols. We could make idols of our children. We could make idols of our jobs. We could make idols of our bodies. We could make idols of our possessions. We could make idols of people. Only God is great. God is God all by himself. And he says, I am the Lord your God. Worship me. Worship him. That's the only one we're to worship. William Cowper said, the dearest idol I have known, whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. Oh God, whatever that idol might be, Lord, Tear it from the throne of my heart so that I might place you there and you alone. John the Apostle said, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. I like the New Living Translation that says, Dear children, keep away from anything that may take God's place in your hearts. Is there something taking the place of God in your heart? Something that you're worshiping, giving your attention, your devotion, your time to. Only God is worthy of worship. In our nation, we're pushing God out. We're writing him off. We're going our own way. And we wonder why we are in such trouble. Hello? Is anybody home? We wonder when we abandon God, why we have such, we figure, oh, I'll figure it out. We'll get the greatest minds together. Yeah, just dig a deeper hole. Let me put it in simple terms, terms we could all understand. Picture yourself getting your paycheck. You've just gone to the bank and you cashed it. And you happen to be driving through the inner city in Poughkeepsie and it's late at night, 12 o'clock. And all of a sudden the car conks out. And you open the hood and you're trying to figure out what's wrong with it. Would it make any difference to you if 10 burly men with beer bottles were coming in their hands towards you or 10 burly men coming with Bibles in their hand out of a Bible study towards you. 
Would it make any difference how you felt? God makes a difference. He makes a difference in the way we live. He makes a difference in the way we can experience life. He calls us to recognize Him exclusively as God. We're to worship nothing else, no one else, Him and Him alone. Finally, lastly, God is worthy of our faith. In Acts 20, 21, it says this, I have declared both to Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. God calls us to faith, to obey this first commandment, to listen to it, you shall have no other gods before me, is to have faith in God and God alone. What does it mean to have faith in God? It means you're going to have confidence in Him. You're going to trust Him. You're going to believe Him. You know, the Israelites were to remember what God did for them in the past. They were to remember how God brought them out of difficult places. I brought you out of Egypt. I delivered you from Pharaoh's hand. I opened the Red Sea for you. I fed you in the wilderness. But how easily and how soon they forgot what God did for them. How much we are like them. We're just like them. We forget so easily the prayers that God has answered, the deliverances we've experienced, the intervention of God's good hand on us. It so quickly evaporates from our mind and disappears from our consciousness. But we have to remind ourselves again and again what God has done. He's been a faithful God. We're often more willing to trust people than God. Jeremiah says to that, this is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Don't put question marks where God puts periods. Believe Him. Trust Him. Don't worry. Trust His providence. Trust His care. Be confident that God still is moved with compassion as He sees His people. Listen, your opportunities will increase when your friend runs the universe. Don't worry. Have confidence. God's in control. That's what he was telling the Israelites in that first commandment. Our faith is expressed by our, our confidence in God. We can trust God with every yesterday, no matter how dark it may seem. And we can trust God with every tomorrow, no matter how uncertain it may seem. He is the God who keeps it all in His hands in the hard places. And you'll often find yourself in those places. That's the test of your faith. I like this one quote. It's so potent and powerful in what it says. Who is it in that we truly trust? And answering that question, we find out who our God is. Would you rather have your job or God? Would you rather have your health or God? Would you rather have, well, you fill in. Who is it that you really, really trust? When you answer that question, you find out who your God is. What are we trusting in? What are we trusting in? 
There's an acronym I'd like to use for putting God first. The F would stand for faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The I stands for invest your life 100% in the kingdom. Trust Him. He's dependable. R stands for a relationship. See, you don't want ritual, you want a relationship. God wants a relationship with you of intimacy. He wanted a relationship with the people of Israel. S stands for stewardship. God has called us to be stewards. And T, take the word trouble. In the midst of trouble, believe. Have confidence. God never, ever, ever fails his people. To worship the Lord your God alone. To keep him before you. Always, all through the journey. Joshua challenged the people of his time as they were in the promised land. And it was Joshua's final days. And Joshua said to the people, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. That's what it means to honor to obey, to keep the first commandment. God is God all by himself. He is the great God of the universe who spun the worlds into existence, who holds everything together by his power, and he is a good God. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He alone is to be worshipped. We're to abandon the idols of the land and to worship God exclusively. We're not to make idols of our possessions. We're not to make gods of the things of this life and bow down and serve them. No, we're to serve God and God alone. We're to have faith in God. And when you have faith in God, and you know that you know that you know that he's taking you by the hand and he's leading you, he's not going to let you down. Even if it's dark, he knows the way. He's going to guide you. He's going to take you where he wants to take you. See, you can trust him when he takes you by the hand and he leads you through the valley of the shadow. He's not going to leave you there. He's not going to let you falter there. He's not going to let you just fall down in that pit of despond. No, he's going to take you through. See, our God, you can have your confidence in Him and a commitment to Him that doesn't waver when the storms of life, when the winds of life come, when the difficulties of life come, when all of the challenges that are part of this journey come, when the temptations come, you're not going to go to the left, you're not going to go to the right, but you're going to walk straight ahead with your God. You're going to say, I've committed. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going forward. I'm going with my God. I'm going to serve Him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Ten Commandments. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media planner. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Ten Commandments right here on Voice of Faith.